Pastor Brad and I showed up this morning looking exactly the same. So I don't know why you changed. I said I, I told him I said stay stay looking just like me and I'll look just like you and whatever that is. And and I said we'll see how many people notice. Everybody say I matter. You know I read this story and immediately I thought of my my daughter and and I sent it to her. I said man I'm going to share this in a couple of weeks and. And it was a story where a father said to his daughter, well, you've graduated, you've graduated college with honors, so I bought you this car many years ago, and, and it's pretty old now, but before I give it to you, I want you to take it down to the used car lot downtown, tell them that you'd like to know how much it's worth, how much they would give it on a trade-in, or <coughs> how much they would buy it from you. And uh, so she got in the car, she drove it downtown, and went to the car lot, came back, and her dad said, how much did they offer you? And she said, well, Dad, they said it was an old car, and so they offered me $1,000. And so he goes, okay, I want you to now drive down to the pawn shop, uh, see what they would give you for the car. And she said, okay. So she got in the car, she drove it down to the pawn shop, and, and she said, well, and she came back home and told her dad, well, the pawn shop only offered me $100 because it's an old car. And so the father said, I want you to take it to one more place. I want you to take it down to the car club, show them the car, and come back and tell me what they told you. So the daughter took the car down to the car club, and, and then she came back, and she was smiling. And, and, and the dad said, well, what did the car club say? She said, the car club offered me $300,000 for the car. There was different collectors that wanted to buy it. They said it was this rare collectible Nissan Skyline R34, and it was an iconic car that's sought by a lot of different, uh, different collectors. And he said, you know, when I purchased that car in 1999, the value was $33,000. And then this is what the father said. The right place, value used the right way. He said, if you are not valued, do not be angry. It only means you're in the wrong place. Those who know your value are those who appreciate you. Never stay in a place where no one sees your value. You hear me. And I want you to know that, that God values you. Jesus values you. The Holy Spirit values you. We as a church value you. Trish and I value you. Why? Because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. As we, we talk about Hosea's wife being restored, and, and uh, this is the last in the series of You Matter. But I, I want to focus on just two words. And Hosea chapter 3, verse 1, and the first line in verse 2. So then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. And Hosea said, so I bought her back. The two words I want to focus on is go and still. Everybody say go. Everybody say still. The key word there initially is still. It's an adverb. It's even now as formerly. Even means even now as formerly. Nevertheless, all the same. Let's pray. Father God, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to let each person realize that they matter. Because, Father, you said love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as have ourselves, Father. And so, Father, before we can love that neighbor, 
we've got to love ourselves. We've got to realize who we are in Christ. Not a, a self-egotistical love or prideful love, but loving us the way that, that you love us. Loving ourselves and realize that we're made in your image. We're made in your image. But Father, there's a greater purpose. It's not just about marriage restoration, but Father, it's about restoration of people who are lost that need to be found, who once walked with you that need to come back to you, Father. The fact that we matter is greater purpose that others matter. And so as we conclude this, Father, I just ask that you help this, help this unfold into each person's heart. That yes, they do matter. But so does everybody else around them. And Father, if we believe that the end times is coming, then we need to get a little bit more busier about winning the lost and building the kingdom and making disciples. Because that's really what you told us to do. So Father, just help me unpack this in the next 15, 20 minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't believe when you have experienced the true fullness of the unconditional love of Christ that, that you can be lazy. Because to be lazy means that you haven't fully grasped the love of God and what truly the love of God is all about. Now, I mean, you can choose to have a lazy life and still be a Christian, but when you experience that, that real, unconditional, passionate, intimate love of Christ, man, it, it causes boldness and it causes courage and it causes power and it causes authority to rise up in you because however it is that, that real love is experienced, you begin to realize you no longer fear rejection and you no longer fear failure and you don't fear those things in your life. Why? Because that you know that even if you fail by the world's standards, you cannot lose the most valuable asset in your life. And that's the love of Jesus. That's the love of Jesus that you've got to understand because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. And so real love that it's experienced pushes you away from the cyclical pattern of the cycle of sin that so many of us live in and repeat in our life. And authentic love encourages us not to sit out on the calling on our life. Next week I'm starting a new series called Mentor and, and so excited about it. I've got the first three messages wrote, I believe, and, 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 and so excited, but really expanding that, that you can't sit out any longer on your calling. And every one of us as a Christian has a call on our life. And when you've experienced that real love and that authentic love is in your life, then you realize that perfect love casts out all fear and the love of God will cause you to leave. All that is comfortable as we look at Elijah, Elijah and Elisha's life over the next couple of weeks in the new series called Mentor. To leave that which is comfortable. And you begin to think about it. Isn't that why God sent Jesus? God did the most uncomfortable thing that he could have by sending his son on a death mission. Because you matter. And there's nothing lazy and cozy about losing your own son to a world that turned its back on you. 
that turned its back on you. And it's because you matter. John chapter 3, verse 16 is our theme. And God sent his, his son, Jesus, because you matter in life. And it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loved you so much that it caused him to make a move that would change the trajectory of the world. It's like your life was an arrow and it, your human spirit was shot from the, the arrow. And, and, and so many of us are heading towards this target of hopelessness and sin that is rampless and hopelessness that is every turn. And, and something had to change and someone had to move. And, and, it, and it was not hope that moved God's heart. And it was not his desire for all his creation to worship him that prompted to sin his only begotten son it was that you mattered that it was that he loved you with a pure passionate intimate love and he wanted personal relationship it was a love that no human had ever experienced in his life and it was a love that would restore hearts if that heart would accept it and love moved the heart of God because you matter Love moved the heart of God because you mattered. Think about it. Just like several thousand years ago today, people have terrible standards. People have really not earned an ounce of unconditional love. But if God sent Jesus out of a love that was not earned, the question is, what makes us think that we have to do things to earn his love? Why do we function that way? Love went into action when we were into corruption. See, you matter is simply based on this. If there was nothing you did to cause God to start loving you, then there's nothing you can do to stop his love for you. The Bible says a righteous person falls seven times. A righteous person. So God kept loving that person despite his mistakes. And then you get into Hosea chapter 3. Hosea lost his wife. She ran off. She was unfaithful to the marriage covenant. And then notice what God told Hosea to do. God didn't say, let her go, Hosea. Even though, to be honest, she deserved it because she decided to leave. Hosea, to be honest, had every reason in the world to let her have what was coming to her. And God stepped in, and the second word that we want to look at is go. Everybody say go. After, after Gomer messed up and left, the first word in Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 was go. Go. The word go is packed with this incredible movement. God told Hosea, don't consider all the reasons why you need to let her go. God instead says, move out of your logical comfort zone to find the very person. And restore the very person that broke your heart into pieces. Find that person. 
And oftentimes when we are in a place of struggle or trials, God tells us to keep moving. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, though I walk, keep moving through the shadow of death, Psalm 23. If you're going through a trial and you're going through a situation, you can't afford to stop and look around. In Hosea's toughest moment, God told him to go. Well, let me sit. I'm burnt out. I need to relax. I need to chill. I need to step back. No, 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 no. Go. God didn't tell him to wait. God didn't tell him to think about it. God didn't tell him to ignore it. God didn't say things will eventually get better, I hope. No, God said, go and buy her back right now. Why? Because God desires movement from Hosea, even in the midst of his greatest pain of his life. Hosea 3.2. So I bought her back. The longer I live, the more I realize that life is about going all in. There's no way around it. Our dreams wait on the other side of full commitment. And it's scary to go without knowing where God has taken you. But this is how God builds trust. And as we begin to walk in faith, we learn that we matter. Everybody say, I matter. And we learn that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, as the Bible says. Don't miss this. You cannot learn that God does not leave you until you're going somewhere and you're doing something in your life. How do I learn, Vic, that God will never leave me nor forsake me? It happens when we understand that every call of God, every dream in our heart, there are risks, there are mountains highs and valley lows. There are faith-building challenges all through life. And we're going to unpack that in the mentor series like you've never seen before. And you're going to be understand. You're going to be challenged. And, 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 and you're going you're to get to a point where you're going to really re-examine your life. And even when we're in the midst of circumstances that could damage our lives forever, we learn that we matter and that we're not forsaken. I'm not saying damage won't take place. I'm not saying all challenges just go away. But I am saying the damage, that despite the damage that may have happened, God speaks to your hearts and says, get up and go again. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. How does this happen? And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called, called, called according to his purpose for them. So what do I do, Vic? With both feet, jump off the ledge of faith. Safe faith, not foolishness or presumption, but, but safe faith. Watch your life be found consistently and constantly in the midst of God's will for your life. The first two letters of God is go. Everybody say go. In other words, if you've been divorced, it's okay to try love again. If you've been bankrupt, it's okay to try to invest again. If you've been injured, it's okay to walk, okay to see, it's okay to speak again. 
But if you stay where you are, then you'll always get what you've gotten in your life. And your best life is not a safe life. And your greatest life is not on the sidelines of Christianity and everything else in your life. Your best life is facing the giant. And your best life is climbing the mountain. And your best life is being all in on what God has for your life. And then God clarified his command to Hosea, go. Go do what? Go and love your wife again. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Love her again. And I love it because God didn't even give him a moment to breathe or collect his thoughts. The man just had his heart shattered. God told him to go rescue the person who created the brokenness. Go back to the one who caused the brokenness and restore that brokenness. Show love to someone who is unfaithful. I mean, it's scandalous. God's man. Think about it. I wrote this down. God had Hosea, who had done nothing wrong, to go love the one again who had done everything wrong. And this is where we begin to see this whole theme of you matter is bigger than us. It's, oh, it's way bigger than us. God told Hosea to go and love Gomer again. Hosea had pursued her once before. Now God told him to go do it again. It would have been easy for ask Hosea to ask why. He had been loving Gomer and clearly it failed. But here's the message. Not only do you matter, but others matter also. Look at somebody and say, you matter. You matter. And God will often challenge us to go back and do the very thing that we've already done in our life. And we have to believe that a different result is coming. And in the Bible, in John chapter 21, think about it. They were at the end. Jesus had been, he had been crucified. They didn't know he had resurrected. It was a terrible moment. And they're back fishing, and they hadn't caught anything. So matter, it went from bad to worse in the case of the situation. Jesus shows up, and he tells Peter, throw your net on the other side. Jesus, we've already tried that. Hey, Peter, I said, throw your net on the other side, and you'll find some fish. And even though he, he, he did it once, he said, you know what? I'm going to choose to obey, and I'm going to do it Jesus' way. And guess what? He caught an overflow of fish. You matter because someone else matters. And God may be challenging you as we begin to enter this Easter season when hearts are really open up to do something again in your life. Maybe if you're watching online, Jesus is saying, you know what? You need to go to church in person again. You need to go to church in person again. Even though, even though you had given up on church because you didn't receive what you thought you should receive when you went to church. Go be a parent again. Even though you feel like you failed in the past and you failed and you feel like it's not going to work out. Be a, be a dad, be a mom, don't be a buddy and a friend. They don't need buddies Trisha and I was talking about this the other day. Too many parents are coaching their kids and not parenting their kids. 
They don't need a coach. They need a mom. They need a dad. I was talking to Roy and Tina this morning. I said, I love it. I said, I never feel bad going to my daughter's house all the time because your kids are always at your house. There's a kindredness there. Serve, again, on the Family Life Fellowship dream team. Oh, it wasn't fulfilled. Find another. Don't just sit in there. Don't sit on the sidelines. Go and do something. Put in another application for an ideal position at work. Ask for Sunday off again. Ask for a promotion. Ask for a pay raise. You have not because you ask not. What I'm saying is with God in your situation, it's always too soon to quit. He can mend what you thought was permanently broken. Go back to that dream you gave up on and dream again. Go play it back to that place where you worked and you felt overused and abused and undervalued. And go work in an Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6 level again. Go and date again. Though your heart was broken the last time. Go and worship again. Even though you feel like God didn't answer you last time. But just worship. Lift up your hands again. Move back to the front again. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's a word for some of you. You've drifted back. And you need to come forward. You have plenty of reasons to worship God. Praise him again. Believe again. Hope again. Trust again. Love again. And it may be in that place where you choose to believe again that God's going to do something new in your life. Why? Because this is where the story shifts from you matter to they matter. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, God drops a bomb on us. God told Hosea, go love your wife again, even though she committed adultery. This story is more, it's no longer just about a marriage issue and a broken trust in a relationship. This story takes a huge turn because God says, Hosea, all this is happening in your marriage with Gomer to reveal that there's purpose in your pain and it's to make a point to my people that as long as they live, I love them and that we need to stay obedient to God. And all the people that are around us, they're not forgotten, but they matter just like we matter. And Jesus still loves you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's going to be people up here to pray for you because you're in a place and we value you. We know the investment that Jesus made into your heart and into your life. And, and we want to pray with you. And so there will be people up at the end and you can rush out or you can say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go get prayer. And we spend that time, they spend that time a lot of times just standing up there twiddling their thumbs because people never come to them. And yet, that's their gift. 
to intercede on your behalf. But let us pray for you because you matter. Father God, I just ask that you touch each person. As we conclude this series, that they do matter. But Father, that I need your Holy Spirit to show them that it's bigger than just about us. But it's about so many others who haven't experienced what we experienced. It might be that single parent that needs to know that they're noticed. It might need to be that senior citizen that just needs to be cared for, smiled at. It doesn't take a lot, Father, to just notice this, to smile at somebody, to love somebody, to encourage somebody. That, Father, that you still love us. Each and every day as a Christian, we stand between the living and the dead. That's why you told Aaron, go to the altar and get some fire. We don't get to sit on the sidelines. No, every day we stand between the living and the dead. We don't get to burn out. And if we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're not burning out. And the only reason we burn out is because we don't get refreshed and renewed. Going back to realize that we matter. We pour out and pour in and pour out and pour in. We're not the Dead Sea. We're not supposed to be blocked off. But, but all the other seas have a, an inlet and an outlet. And Father, maybe we need to let you in and maybe we need to let you out. Father, just Holy Spirit, let them know that they matter. They matter because others matter. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just to let you know real quick, um, your marriage matters uh, tonight with Daryl and Tracy Strawberry. Just a couple things, because we have, we have 90 couples that, that have signed up that are coming and, and really excited about it. But when you arrive, the doors open at 530. If you have your ticket with you, you'll go to the hub. You'll check in. We have a gift for you. You'll check your kids in at the hub. All those kind of things. If you don't have your ticket, you'll come to the dome and, uh, and they'll get you checked in, okay? But you have to have a ticket to come in, okay? Or you have to be on the list. We've got a whole list. And so, so that's all I'm, I'm saying. It's going to be an incredible night. Uh, man, we're, I'm believing Isaiah 10, 27, that yokes are going to be destroyed uh, off marriages and marriages are going to blossom and bloom and impact others' lives. Amen? And so uh, we have got a lot of exciting things. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you need prayer, these folks are up here to pray for you. Thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful and amazing week.